Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the podcast Strikes Back. My name is Connor, and you are listening to the weekly movie show with my mate Ben. Hello. And still, and hopefully for the last time, Noah George. Who is back in the country, just decided not to join us this time. <laughs> I've given him express instructions that he's not allowed to leave us alone anymore. It yeah. has been harrowing, to say the least. It's too much. I don't like doing work. <laughs> we just need our tech guy back. Yeah. <laughs> Um, We've got an interesting uh, show today. We have the Oscar nominations are in. Um, We have some composer news uh, about uh, No Time to Die. And we have a stack of new uh, trailers. um, Two uh, very interesting ones that I want to talk about. Uh, Those are Morbius and Birds of Prey. Mm -hmm. um, And some other interesting ones as well. So before we get into it in earnest, we always like to take a little moment, talk about what we've watched this week we've seen anything interesting um and just see how you're doing ben why don't you kick us off um well this is going to be a very little moment for me because i've been on holiday and i don't think i've watched a single thing i was really hoping that yours was going to be longer than that (laughs) because i don't think i've watched anything either and i was trying to rack my brain to see if i had put something on but I i just i don't think i did this this is a first, I think. Surely we've watched something. Something. Look, the weekend I had, even if I did watch something. <laughs> it's unlikely you would remember. I'm not going to be able to say much about it, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. This is weird. I don't know what to do. Hmm. Oh, what are the views, I guess? I guess, yeah. Um, what's your favorite color? Uh, green. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. Mine's green, too. Why? Um, I like to say because I like nature and it's very verdant and yeah, think of life. But the actual answer ex- is I like Ninja Turtles and always have. Oh, <laughs> that was my excuse. We can even, we can even argue about our favorite color being the yeah. same thing. <laughs> um, I, uh, I I will say I, I was listening to a very interesting uh, podcast um, mm. featuring um, Chai Vasarali and Jimmy Chin. Um, those are two people that I've talked about um, quite a bit before Christmas, I think actually while you were away, mm. they are the directors of both Maru and, um, free solo, mm. which are, um, they're climbing films, but they're just really, really good documentaries that focus on people. And, and, um, I've been, uh, trying to find out as much as I can about their, I guess their process and their, um, uh, their, uh, ideas on, on, um, filmmaking and that just cause I find that that, that style of uh, storytelling really fascinating, um, yeah. and the for them it's like I was listening to Jimmy Ten talk about who when he when he decided to do Free Solo he had to essentially put together a crew and he was like the baseline the first thing that he had to find was people that could climb or sorry not Maru this is uh, for Free Solo for El Capitan um, the uh, the the baseline was that he had to find people that could climb. Uh, El Capitan in a day, mm. like every day, like that, like that was that was nothing. Mm. And he's like, already your your um your pool of talent that you can choose from is pretty pretty slim. And and on top of that, he had to find like world class cinematographers and mm. like and he was like it, like there's like you know I don't know five or six people that fit that mold. So it's a and they're all market. his mates, yeah. <laughs> and also people who would be willing to make a movie that might turn into a snuff film at any point. And that's well, he he actually it was really interesting because he was talking about how. That he he didn't even mention to Alex Honnold, who's the the main guy that actually free soloed it. Mm. Him and his mates would never actually ask about it 
or or never like say when are you going to do it because they were afraid that he was going to like that would give him an idea to do it mm. and he um he apparently went to Alex Honnold before he went to Jimmy Chin went to Chai Vassarelli who's Jimmy Chin's wife and also the co um co-director of of both Maru and Free Solo and said I'm thinking about doing Free Cap or uh, Free Solo and Cap mm. El Capitan and uh, I was wondering if you know you think that's a good idea could we do a film about it and apparently she was like yeah that's an awesome idea like that's a great story and she was thinking about it from a director's point of view. And when they found, when Jimmy Chin found out, he was like, no, that's a terrible idea. That is so dangerous. Like, it's mm. such a, and he was just like, I really, I'm really angry that he asked you and you said yes, because mm. it's a bad idea. Mm. So, yeah, I'm, I'm endlessly fascinated by those two. And um, I was listening to some of the um, documentaries that she had done previous to that. And I really want to check out her back catalog because it seems like, um, it seems, there's some really interesting projects that she's done. Cool. There you go. <laughs> um, I didn't listen to the final episode of Harmontown again because I just don't want to use it all up. Um, anyway. I mean, there's on. two. Like, you, you get the... I, I listened right through the um, the jingle episode, yeah. which is fantastic. It's so funny, isn't it? Yeah. Um, all righty. So, on to the big story of the week. The Oscar nominations just came out. Um, I say we just go through the broad strokes here because the Oscars are... Um, they're always the talk of the town and they're always kind of bullshit as well. Um, yeah. But first of all, let's just have a look at the Best Picture <laughs> nominations. Um, the full list is 1917, Ford v. Ferrari, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, Marriage Story, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. Um, first time first time in a while we've had the full 10, uh, the yeah. full load of 10, because often they'll do nine, and that always seems like such a, a purposeful snub to, to, something. to something they could yeah. just include it anyway. But um, also... I was just saying to you before, I think this is the first time in recent memory that by the time the awards roll around, I will have seen every one of these films. Um, I, I have never seen all of the films on, yeah. the, on the best. Do you think there's any notable... Um, omissions? Omissions or, or ones that are in there that probably don't deserve to be there? Uh, so personally, having seen at this point six or seven of these, I think... I thought you said that you've seen them all. I will have seen them all when the, when the awards roll around. Oh, okay. Um, uh, yeah, I think all of these look pretty well in there. The controversial one, of course, is Joker, which actually has 11 Oscar nominations, the yeah. most of any film this year. Um, but otherwise, it, like depending on how you feel on that one, I'm I'm not too fussed about it being in there. I, I quite like Joker. Yeah, I'm not sure why that's terribly controversial. I mean, I mean, the whole movie's been controversial the whole time. And a lot of people either hated it or thought it was very middling. So I can see why people are coming at it like that. And especially yeah. because it's been so heavily represented at this Oscars, you know, more so than any other film. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so Jojo Rabbit I still haven't seen, but based on what you hear, it seems like it's meant to be there. 1917 I haven't seen, but that looks amazing. Ford v Ferrari meant to be really good. And um, yeah, I've seen everything else. And uh, two Netflix films on here. Two Netflix uh, films, yeah. Which is pretty huge. We of course had Roma uh, at the last awards, I believe, um, and that was that still seemed kind of contentious. Like, oh, are they going to start letting Netflix in? And then yeah. this year, they're well represented. Um, um, that's although, huge for them. Um, uh, marriage did Marriage Story have a theatrical release at all? Yes. Yep. Yeah, so they both had technically theatrical releases. Yeah, um, very, which is yeah, very short. It's like they're literally just so they can qualify for this. I, I that's believe. exactly right, and it's mm. kind of a bit of a you, you feel as though it's a bit of a bullshit. Like, all right, we'll just release it for the sake of it. But mm. it's it's a massive win for Netflix. I don't think that um uh, does Amazon have any um contenders this year? Uh, I don't no, think so. I really noticed. Like, what do they even release this year? Nothing. Nothing that 
felt as though it was going for a, a best director or a best yeah. picture or anything like that. And they've done very well in, in prior years. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that list kind of dominates. There's no notable exceptions outside of, um, at least I don't think there is, um, in the rest of the categories. Mm. Um, uh, well, best director is another group of five men. Um, a lot of people are a bit upset that Greta Gerwig... Uh, didn't get included in there because uh, there's always one of these this, uh, every year, which is someone who gets nominated for best picture but not best director. Yeah, because you got to wonder like what's the what's the, what's the difference there? really? Yeah, yeah. What's, yeah. Um, and I, having seen Little Women, which I probably should have included in my what we've watched this week. Fuck out, <laughs> Little Women. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I think she would have really fit in there. But again, I think those are who all really you, good. Who do you take well. off though? Exactly. I would take off Todd Phillips just because so, so people are so pissed about it, I think. And also, Todd Phillips comes across as a bit of a douchebag. Um, Joker's got enough nominations. <laughs> um, uh, the other interesting thing I noticed was um, Scarlett Johansson is having a killer year. She's nominated for Best Actress and Best Supporting Actress. I saw that, yeah. That is, like, she is fucking nailing it right now. And um, do you have any, do you have, the, do you have the picks in front of you? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want to go through categories and just say what you think is going to take him? Oh, yeah. So, um, best picture, I think there's a strong case for 1917. Okay. Um, uh, well, let's, let's go back and forth. Because um, I, I think that one's going to go to... I think The Irishman's got a good shot just because yeah. it's Scorsese. I also think there's a like a left-wing chat or like a from left field that Parasite takes it as well. Mm. Um, also, just Joker with the sheer number of nominations, I think I think could could... Really cause an uproar. <laughs> yeah. Um, director? Um, Bong Joon-ho, I think. Yep. I think that maybe Quentin, because he's coming so close to the end of his run. Yeah. Um, actor? Um, I give it to mm. Joaquin Phoenix. It's got to be Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin's a very strong contender. I think Adam Driver as well for Marriage Story. Yeah. Could absolutely happen. Yeah. I love that Jonathan Price got a, uh, a shout-out, though. Mm. Um, I really enjoyed that. Um that little film two popes that's a is that a netflix one yes okay because that's got a few nominations um uh uh fuck what's his name anthony hopkins anthony hopkins got i think uh best supporting actor okay um which i'm not sure how they chose which one i I suppose jonathan price is technically the lead i guess actually i'm gonna say antonio banderas is probably gonna get actor really um yeah i haven't seen pain and glory but uh, everything i hear is is kind of along that line um actress no i reckon joaquin phoenix walks away with that one um Actress, I say, goes to. Um, I'm going to go with the hype on this one, Renee Zellweger. Yeah, She's, I was about to say um, the same thing. That's uh, there's nothing more the Academy loves than movies about movies and yeah. movies about Hollywood. Although I would love to see Scarlett Johansson get it. Mm. Um, best supporting actress. Yep, um, I would throw that right at Laura Dern, who um, has had an amazing year as it is. She's in Little Women as well, but she killed it so hard in Marriage Story. Yeah, um, that's a hard one for me. Um, yeah, uh, let's. Do you think that Margot Robbie has a has a shot at that? I've seen Bombshell. Um, the reaction to that movie's been a little lackluster. Yeah, it's yeah. it's such an odd topic. And finally, best supporting actor. Um, I say that goes to Pesci. Uh, Joe Pesci. Yeah, I think that is. Or I mean, kind of a lock. Brad Pitt would be my other pick. Yeah, I was gonna say Brad Pitt. And also because, uh, nah. It hasn't made enough waves, I don't think. I don't know. He's Tom Hanks. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, international feature film. I'm not gonna. Uh, I'm not gonna even try. Visual effects, which I think is the only end game nomination. 
Um, you know what I wanted to see in here was Godzilla, King of the Monsters. I thought that movie was so gorgeous. For, uh, for visual, effects. Visual yeah. Effects, yeah. So are we jumping to effects? Or? Yeah. I, Jesus I, Christ. There's a bunch of boring things in there. <laughs> Cinematography, film editing, yeah. production design. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Joke of cinematography. Yeah. Um, oh, wait. We didn't skip over uh, sound. No. Okay. Sound mixing versus sound yeah. editing. <laughs> <laughs> That's the really big one. Um, uh, where were we? Visual effects. Um, yeah, that is surprising. Um, I reckon that that Lion King takes that one. I hated the movie, but I, I reckon that that um, I mean, in terms of like impressive visual effects, it's pretty... I think the reaction to the lack of emotiveness is going to be too much of a of a blight on that on that one's record. Yeah, I think Irishman, um, even though it wasn't the most um, the most intense kind of de aging, and people had their complaints was pretty strong. And 1917, um, I think, because it's been... You're not allowed to pick three. Well, well I'm, <laughs> saying, I'm saying 1917 then, because I think the way okay. that was put together as, as to look like one shot is going to be pretty impressive. All right. Uh, anything um, else you want to Yeah, I, I want to talk about an omission from costume design. Okay. Um, I don't get how, you know, The Irishman or mm. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood... Does better than Avengers for costume design. Right. That doesn't make sense to me. See, I like. Yeah, great. You man- managed to make it look like forty years ago. They have developed alien costumes. I don't understand this. They're all period pieces, which is interesting. But um, I would say costume design. I th- I think Endgame should not be allowed in costume design because they didn't bother. Remember, it, like their their suits are all CGI, which bothers me. That's like, I mean, some of them are. Well, like the 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 time suits that they yeah make, the time suits completely yeah. CGI, but it's, it's about the design. It's not about thing. you know. I know, I know. I, that's always bothered but, me though. Um, um, but I, I I take your point. Yeah, I, th- that that doesn't make sense. The other one that I wanted to um, put out there is uh, original score. Um, I really hope Hilder. Um, I'm not even going to try and pronounce that name. God, Gundeter. Um, I really hope she makes it because um, this is the first I've really seen from her. Um, well, what, which movie? Uh, that's Joker. So she's right. a, a, a cellist, um, and uh, if you go back through her backlog, it's like there's barely anything in there. She's she's helped out with some productions mm. that are really impressive, but like, this is a f- her first original score. And um, I remember coming out of the Joker and thinking that was probably one of the most effective um, things about this film was the scoring, and and, and I think that's a hundred percent. I agree. Um, that's my favorite one on there. Deserves to be uh, her. Um, I like that uh, the Newman brothers are up against each other for this one. Yep. Um, I like the marriage story score. I think John Williams is probably going to get it because this is his final Star Wars. I really hope he doesn't. That would be so disappointing. <laughs> Fuck you, John Williams. <laughs> no, not that I don't like. Like, I mean, any of these people, if they got it, you'd be like, okay, I, like, I, I kind of get it. But like, it's also, I think that out of that, um, Joker is the best. I agree. Yeah, completely agree. But I, I just think John Williams is too much of a brand. Um, and finally, I think, unless you have any other suggestions, animated feature film, we have. How to Train Your Dragon 3, I Lost My Body, Klaus, which that's a Netflix one. Yeah. Uh, Missing Link and Toy Story 4, no Frozen. Um, I think it'll go to Toy Story 4 or maybe I Lost My Body. That has so much good buzz. Um, yeah. I and just Klaus, I hope Klaus it's not... looks amazing as well. I hope it's not Toy Story 4. I was just really <laughs> like, I was just... It's called the Pixar Award for a reason though. Yeah. It's underwhelming. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's anything else that's really, uh, you know... Stands out to me, at least. Mm. Yourself? Uh, no. Any other kind of general thoughts on it? 
Um, no, I. I've never been like a huge Oscars guy. Yeah, same. Um, I tend to find it sounds like a bit of a almost a cliched thing to say, but uh, it's corrupt. Oh yeah. Um, it's uh, for the most part, I just don't find there to be much value in it. <laughs> like this, I mean, this sounds so bad. Like they've got twenty different awards for different segments of the industry, and you're just like, oh fuck. You yeah. patted yourself on the back enough now. Let's just move on. Yeah, and everybody knows everybody, and nobody's seen everything, and it's a very flawed system. Um, I always yeah. kind of get riled up and get in the conversation when the nominations come out, and by the time the actual awards roll around, I think I only ever check up on what won Best Picture, and I'm usually just like, wrong one. Yeah. <laughs> and then move on with our lives. <laughs> uh, all right, well, let's speaking of moving on with our lives. Um, next up, Scott Derrickson has left as director of Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness due to creative differences. Um, he will, however, remain on as an executive producer. Do they just have a template for this kind of shit? What's that? Um, like, just say, like... Um, oh, right, creative differences. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's the only acceptable thing you can really come out and say. Um, you would never work again if you said the real reasons, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, so this is... Has um, there been any buzz about this? Like, was, was this... Un- like, was this expected by some people? Like, I just... I, this kind of comes out of left field for me, at least. Exactly, yeah, which leads me to think that this movie is going to be a lot more important to Marvel than um, maybe we we kind of would expect from a sequel to a movie that was almost completely standalone from the MCU um, at the time. Um, I think this this is a shame. Marvel hasn't had a shake-up like this in a while. I feel like, what, since like Edgar Wright with Ant-Man, they've been on a pretty good record with their um, with their directors. Oh, of course, James Gunn, but uh, he came back. Um, so, <laughs> uh, yeah... Derrickson having to step away, I, I think he did uh, a good job with the first Doctor Strange. I don't think it's anyone's favorite MCU film, but I think he's not my favorite. S- but very I, solid direction. I, I think. think it's. Uh, I actually think it's underrated. Absolutely, um, yeah, I agree. Because every time I go back and I I rewatch it, I kind of think, oh, yeah, this is like this is a really enjoyable film. Like mm. this, um, there's some really funky stuff that they do with it, and I think that that you know, um, if they kind of stayed on that path that it could be a really interesting sequel. Um, now, I don't want to sound like an anti-Marvel slash Disney conspiracy theorist, <laughs> but what I, what I really, what my gut is really telling me is happening here is we've heard previously that, um, you know, Scarlet Witch is going to play a big role in this film, yep. that Loki is going to figure into it, and that maybe it might be setting up some stuff for the, the MCU going forward. I think Marvel might really be manhandling this movie as a way to wrangle all of their IP, um, like we're going to be talking about Morbius a bit later, yeah. Um, which has become much more than just MCU adjacent. Looks like that's getting right in there. Um, you know, I they've got all these these Netflix properties that are just laying by the wayside. Um, they they flirted with the kind of alternate timelines and other dimensions with Endgame. I think this movie is going to act as as the setup to Phase Four in a big way. Okay. Um, and I think when they're dealing with something that has so many future ramifications, they're going to take a little bit stronger of a hand on it. Um, and I think Derrickson maybe wanted to make a Doctor Strange movie while Marvel wanted him to make a MCU linchpin film. Yeah. Yeah. So like uh, in the in the vein of Civil War mm, or... Um, yeah. Which is not a Captain America movie, really. No, barely. Yeah. Um, that's... I mean, that that makes sense. Um, which is, which is unfortunate. Um, I mean, if you look at, 
uh, all the main characters, if you look at the, they all got at least, I'd say, about two films before they were really thrust into um, these kind of, uh, quote unquote, MCU films. The team ups. Yeah. Um, so you get, you, you know, as an audience member, you still got a little bit of like the Iron Man one and Iron Man two. Iron Man two is obviously a lot more involved in in the MCU world than than one is, but mm. still felt as though you got like I got a a Iron Man film. Same thing with Thor. Same thing with um, Captain America. Captain America. Mm. So. Yeah, you know what? I I would have liked to have seen a little standalone thing that 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 was allowed to get really funky, like especially with Scarlet Witch in there. I think that that could have been really interesting. But yeah, because um, Doctor Strange the first film, um, I like I like a lot of what it is as it is, but it left me very much wanting for what a Doctor Strange movie could be. Yeah, um, especially with the horror elements <clears throat> that Scott Derrickson came out a few months ago and said this would be like more of a horror movie. Um, and Feige came out just before this actually happened and said, no, it's not really a horror movie. It's just going to be a little scary. So clearly they have gone in a different direction. Yeah. And which is a shame because I really got excited at the prospect of kind of this really supernatural trippy horror movie thing that they could do with it. But, um, whatever, we'll, we'll have to see how it pans out because what they're it's dealing still with Marvel, anyway, like the, you the, know, the direction they are going still sounds very interesting. Yeah. No, I agree. Anyway. <sighs> thought you should have Marvel. Anyway, in very similar news, um, Hans Zimmer has taken over as the composer for No Time to Die, the new James Bond film, replacing Dan Romer, uh, who left due to creative differences. How, how like, different could your creative visions be if you're the composer? Yeah. Yeah, again, it's just the, the catch-all. It's just the word they use for this wasn't working out. <laughs> it's like, you know, you've been fired. It's creative differences. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. This shit. Um, yeah, I don't really know anything from Dan Roma too much, but um, Hans Zimmer stepping in at the last minute. He's he's got like three months or something. To it do does this. feel a little bit like the um, the safe bet. Yeah, Hans Zimmer, I really think has two modes. He has the I'm working with Christopher Nolan on a really cool film that's going to be amazing mode, and he has the I'm saving a project. I'm going to let my production, my, yeah. my studio <laughs> do it and I'll put my name on it. Yeah. It's yeah. going to sound fine. Um, that being said, uh, James Bond is a really cool property to have Hans Zimmer on. That's, that seems like a, an odd fit, but kind of maybe an inspired one, depending on um, how. Yeah. I, I like that property. I think it's a good fit. Um, I'm just kind of imagining the, uh, the soundtrack for Inception kind of overlaid with something like Skyfall, um, which, um, I, I kind of almost, the more I think about it, the more I hate to do that because I, 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 I do love Skyfall as it is. Mm. But I do think that, that he, he could bring something to that property, even oh. if it's his sensibility, even if it's his you know style, mm. his production company, as you said. Yeah, I mean, as um, when he's at his best, he can really enhance any movie. Yeah. Like... Opinions on uh, <clears throat> on Dark Phoenix weren't exactly divided. They were pretty much in the one direction. And um, I think still he did an amazing score for that movie and it made whatever was on screen when his stuff was really pumping work for me, at least. I I chucked it on at work the other day. Oh, yeah. know, I just put in my headphones yeah. and, and, and listened to that score and, and it's, it is a really good score. Yeah. So, I mean, um, hats off to him. Yeah, and hope, so hopefully he has the time to make this really work. Um, and hopefully he also has the time to collaborate with whoever's doing the, the theme song for this one and get some kind of uh, synchronicity going there. Yeah, so um, I think it's... Um, I, I just saw an article saying that Billie Eilish will be doing a song. Really? Um, I don't know if it's actually the, the song, mm. but I suspect it would be. 
She seems uh, she's a big enough name. Um, Definitely. And cite uh, your sources, please. This sounds very fake to me. Uh, <laughs> so I was just about to say I don't think they've announced anything yet. But but um, yeah, that that would be very interesting. I suppose we had like Jack White and Alicia Keys, which was a, more of a divisive one. Um, why was that more? Like, have I missed something? <laughs> the Jack White and Alicia Keys one. Yeah, why was that? Why was that uh... divisive? It was very. It was a very different sound for a Bond song. Oh, I see what you're saying. Like, I thought you meant there was something about like, oh, we can't have those people on a Bond. I was like, <laughs> w- 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 what's divisive about it? Jack I don't understand. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Onwards. I don't. I'm not going to cite my sources. I just saw an article that said that. So. Interesting. All right. Um, okay. Speaking of. Um, Potentially spurious information. We're going to chuck this one right into the um, the rumor category. Rumor <laughs> but very interesting rumor, if there's anything to it. According to Collider, um, who might have recently imploded, uh, Christian Bale is in talks to join Chris Hemsworth in Marvel's Thor Love and Thunder. Um, now, that would be a massive get for Marvel. It would be. Um, DC couldn't get him to come back to do some Batman stuff. So I'd be very interested to see what they lured him with like what character would be interesting enough that christian bale is like yeah i mean apart from the fact that they would have just offered him swaths of money (laughs) but uh, you know apart from that is there is there anything that you know he looked at creatively and said "Mm, yeah no i'll I'll do that yeah he's a guy who picks his roles very carefully he seems to really like to dive into them seems very method um there's not a role he picks that he doesn't seem to alter himself physically intensively in some huge way um, I assume this would be the villain role because this, in terms of you know leading good guy characters, this movie is already stacked with with Tessa Thompson and yep. Natalie Portman as another another Thor. Um, but I mean, stacked in uh, is a relative term in the Marvel universe. I mean, mm. how many good guys were there? Or good good people were there in um, in any of the Avengers films? Totally, yeah. But um, as a standalone picture, I'd say that's the more of the safe bet. Um, and as a Taika Waititi film, um, it remains to be seen how comedic his role would be. I mean, obviously we had kind of Jeff Goldblum and Kate Blanchett in the last one, yeah, who were hilarious, still comedic to varying degrees. Um, oh, I mean, well, Jeff Goldblum was. I didn't find um, Kate Blanchett to be comedic at all. Oh, I think there was a little bit of it in there, though. Um, you know, her with Scourge and whatnot. But um, uh, yeah, the the good thing is that. If that is the direction they go, um, Christian Bale can be incredibly funny, as we've seen in stuff like American Psycho, um, in which he was almost channeling Jim Carrey mm. for that insanely manic role. Um, so, like I said, this one's a complete rumor, but uh, I would like to see this go ahead. I, I'm I'm fascinated. I'm like I'm genuinely interested in that. Mm. Um, I don't know how likely it is, but genuinely interested. And I think it's also fair to assume that this is not. Marvel's clout that he would be drawn by. Like, this no. would be Taika Waititi. Yeah. Because this guy has, has come up so much in the past few years. Um, but I'm I still imagine... waiting for his fall. Like, it just, <laughs> it seems like it has to happen. Like, they're just, and I, I, I don't want to get in. Like, I don't a wanna, super villain? Yeah, I don't want to. <laughs> it happened eventually. <laughs> I don't want to make it seem as though that's what I want. Mm. I'm just, like, I, I, I like him so much mm. that I'm just kind of preparing myself for when he will inevitably disappoint me. Hmm. Who hurt me? <laughs> <laughs> Not Taika yet. Jojo Rabbit's only got like 70-something percent, like 71% on Rotten Tomatoes, I think, which is Ugh. interesting. I think that's pretty low for him. That is, well, yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, anyway, what time is it? It's trailer time. <laughs> 
Oh boy. It's time for some trailers. And first on our list is uh, Morbius, the living vampire, yep. played by a living vampire. It's almost hard Jared to imagine Leto. we've finally gotten a trailer for this movie. It, it seems it, like such a not I, an actual thing. Well, when I saw that it had been released, in my mind, I was kind of like, well, no, that's not right. That's meant to be like a film that's coming out. Yeah. Not like anywhere not actually. No one, no one's actually, actually been crazy enough to put this into production to like actually film stuff to mm. create a trailer. Like that would be insane. So I want to. This movie has some very interesting, um, larger world. Should ties we should we talk about that? MCU. I think we should talk about the actual trailer first. So the well, movie on its own. The first thing that comes up. Wait. So did you want to do the the movie on its own first? Yeah, I the, just think talk about the movie okay, on movie, its own merits. Um, I have little to no interest in this. Yeah, it, 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 there's so much to it. It looks like some 90s thing. It looks yep. like something that's looks spun like, off. Kind of like Spawn or something. Like, yeah, Blade. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that being said, Jared Leto is a phenomenal actor um, a lot of the time. Um, he has that one big black mark on his on his career, which is the Joker, obviously. So interesting. And I don't that, even really think that's his fault. Like, I people keep going, like, uh, oh, I can't believe like Jared Leto fucked up the Joker. I'm like, well. I mean, what are you talking about? Like, no, he was, his he was barely in it. Like, it was... Yeah, yeah. Anyways. But in, in terms of public opinion of yeah. yes. him as Sorry, an actor, yeah, yeah, I got yeah. sidetracked by, like, you know... Like, that's, um, that's one he's never going to really live down. <clears throat> so maybe that's why he's jumping back into the comic book fray so quickly. Yeah. Trying to make an iconic character for himself to, to wipe the slate clean. And, and going with Morbius. Morbius the oh, living vampire, yeah. That A-plus character. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, it's... This doesn't seem like as much to it. it it's like a, a Dracula Untold level looking film or... Worse. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jared Harris, though, is always good to see um, from Chernobyl. I absolutely love that guy. He's like the, the mentor sort of character. In yeah. Um, but otherwise, hard to imagine this drawing the kind of numbers that something like Venom did. Venom was like that kind of perfect storm, I think, of... Iconic um, character. Iconic character... Bit of a comedy. Um, I really love the performance by um, you Tom know, Hardy. Yeah. Tom Hardy. Um, and I think that was a bit of a perfect storm. Mm. This one, I just don't see any of that coming together. Yeah, it's like, watch the draw. It's not the character. It's not the actor. It's There's no like, the obvious comedy. I don't even know who that is. Um, that being said, I like these kind of more offbeat, offshoot products you know i like what dc is doing now with this throwing out all the shit at the wall i i kind of like that people are doing something just a little maybe a little less cookie cutter even though this looks like a throwback to, to yeah, much the more generic cutter, movies yeah. yeah um i suppose yeah like but uh, for me i it seems very odd because and let, let's move into the larger implications mm. there's two big things uh, one was more of a marketing thing about like the studio that brought you spider-man homecoming and spider-man and you're like all right well calm down um, <laughs> the calm, studio that right had, the uh, fuck uh, down some hand in bringing yeah. you <laughs> um but the the obviously the really big implication or the big i guess teaser almost is the um appearance of michael keaton michael keaton as um an unconfirmed character who's yeah. obviously going to be either alluding to Adrian Toomes, the vulture from Spider-Man Homecoming, or full-blown, they're just going to be using that character yeah. uh, in this. I think the latter is more likely because Sony owns all of these properties still. Um, and there is, of course, the Spider-Man graffiti in this as well. I don't know if you caught that. There's a uh, missed it. Spider-Man graffiti on the wall in a, an alleyway he's running through with um, like murderer sprayed on it. 
after the events of Spider-Man Far From Home. Um, so this movie has taken the plunge after all the back and forth on Venom from Fe- Feige and Amy Pascal, which is like, he's in. No, he's not. It's not going to happen. Oh, it might happen. It seems likely. Um, this one is putting its foot firmly in that this is connected to the MCU, but not in a way that's any more concrete than the Netflix shows did or things like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. did. Yeah. There's plenty of properties that are pulling at the coattails of the MCU saying, yes, we're part of this, while the MCU consistently is like, nah, not really. Yeah. So I, I think there's Could any... Care less. Like, you're, you're inconsequential. Nothing you ever do is going to, like, affect... Yeah. Like, The Inhumans is... 100% part of this whole Marvel production and it's never ever going to be talked about again so I think however this goes like Sony is 100% going to say this is part of it and Marvel will either say that worked we can kind of incorporate it in or we'll just, just ignore pat them it, on the head and be like okay that's good for you you do yeah. your thing yeah, yeah you try and get some money out of us we're going to keep doing our thing over here um, what, are, what are your thoughts on all this um I have been somewhat unapologetically against the sunk. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I had a real distaste for Venom, mm. um, just because I think that it just—it's not a good film. It's mm. not well made, um, and I—I uh, I don't think that they have done anything since then that has really elevated my level of confidence in Sony, in general. Um, so you're not willing to give them any credit for Homecoming and Far From Home. Uh, oh, and I'm not, I'm not saying that's unfair. I'm not trying to bait you here. That's Everyone has to make up their own minds about this because we're never going to know who I, did what. I, I, I don't know. No. Hmm. I mean, if, if you look at the track record of Marvel, Marvel proper, let's say, hmm. and you look at the track record and, and how it has um, dealt with its properties and how Sony has dealt with Marvel properties, hmm. I think that if that's anything to go by, if, if their, their previous record is anything to go by, I don't think that you can attribute much if any of the success of homecoming or um uh the other one um far from home to to sony mm. um now i'm not saying it's not possible in fact it could have been 80 percent of them 90 percent them but just if you just base it on what you've seen from them mm. like the studio that made venom doesn't look like it's the studio that made far from home I would like I would never look at those two films and be like, oh, obviously they're part of the same universe. Obviously they're 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 um, you know, they have the same producers or, or, or the same kind of attention to care, like anything like that. Mm. I just don't. I, there's no parallels for me. Mm. So, I yeah no, I just I think I think that based on all that, I, I don't really give them much credit at all. Yeah, it's it's so interesting that this is kind of not including the Spider-Man stuff, their second film out of the gate because. It seems to have so little appeal. But um, after all the, the Michigas with Spider-Man leaving the MCU um, last year and then promptly getting thrust back in for another film, um, Sony is eventually going to get that character. And unless Disney really ponies up, um, I, th- I think they're going to hold on to him uh, as they have for so long. Um, which means I think... At this point, it's kind of inevitable, unless Marvel really does get in there and, and just buy everything back. Um, it seems inevitable that we're going to be getting more of a standalone Spider-Man universe, which, quality issues aside, like I'm just I'm not going to assume that all their movies are going to be shit going forward. Let's let's. It's say, not a bad thing in concept. Exactly. Yeah, I'm saying let's assume that anything's possible. They can make good movies. Um, 
I much prefer, I think, the idea of Spider-Man having his own kind of corner. Your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. I, you know, I love seeing Spider-Man as part of the Avengers. I love seeing him as, you know, kind of integral into the world and, and how it goes. Um, but, I mean, when I really think about Spider-Man, when I think about, like, kind of the more nostalgic aspect of that character, hmm. it's, it is, um, you know, just the, the weekly adventures of Spider-Man in, you know, in New York City. Like, it's yeah. just, that's, that's what it is. Yeah, and, um, I, I, and he, he always, he stands apart from the Avengers in such an interesting way because he's, you know, a poor kid from Queens. Um, I, and I, I will absolutely get such a thrill out of, even if a lot of these movies are not great, the idea of him going up against like the Sinister Six, six made up of like a bunch of characters who've had their own movies. Like I, I would absolutely think that's awesome. Um, and with, with like Iron Man and Cap off the table, um, no pun intended, um, I can't imagine Peter Parker really, like he's not calling up James Rhodes to hang out, you know? Yeah. Like, he's not like, hey, Captain Marvel, let's do a thing together. Let's do a team up. Like, it really makes more sense for him to be on his own, especially after the events of Far From Home, which really could have isolated him. We'll set him, him aside, yeah. yeah. Um, so, like I said, I don't think Morbius looks any good necessarily. Fingers crossed that, that it has some unexpected charm, like I found in Venom, um, because I think this could be something really fun if if they keep being kind of bold in what they're doing. Yeah. Um, moving on. Mm-hmm. Um, Birds of Prey. Mm-hmm. Speaking of bold. Uh, bold, but not nearly as impactful as I think that they wanted it to be. Okay. Um, I was kind of bored by this trailer. Yeah. Um, this trailer reminds me of two things. Mm-hmm. One is Suicide Squad, mm-hmm. which is not a good thing. <laughs> no. Um, and the other is uh, what this podcast has um, now lovingly calls the Johnny Depp uh, experience or the Johnny Depp uh, issue um, with Cha- uh, Captain Jack Sparrow, which is that as soon as the quirky side character that could be the fan favorite because it didn't have to drive the plot along gets its own movie, they are suddenly burdened with the issue of driving the plot. And... I think that everyone really loved Harley Quinn in, in Suicide Squad. Um, you know, partially because you know, Margot Robbie was the best of a bunch. Um, but also because, you know, this character was allowed to be whimsical. They could have arcs, but they didn't really need those arcs didn't need to drive the plot of the story. They didn't need to, to move anything. And and you know, I I, I think that um, that because of that they're gonna they're gonna make this movie and, and it's not gonna it's going to labor under that necessity. So th- this trailer just kind of felt a bit hollow to me. Mm. I don't know why. Well, um, I kind of explained why, but... <laughs> I, I, I really like the trailer. Um, it's not hard for me to like a trailer, though. I find consistently, whenever a trailer has kind of striking visuals and a song I like, I'm pretty into it. And I like yeah. the, the Bjork song they used in this. I think that was a really interesting choice and worked well for it. Um, I do think this is very much an unknown quantity. It's such a product of necessity yeah. with how bad, well, how well Suicide Squad did financially, but how poorly it failed creatively and critically. Yeah. Um, but I kind of like when movies are driven into a corner like that, like the way this movie is clearly so being driven by the fact that they did not want to bring Leto's Joker back as a main character. Or Do you think as, they'll as kill a, him as off a part in this? Of her character. 
I um I don't know. That's why I'm very interested to see what they do with him because I wouldn't be surprised if he does show up, even if it's not Jared Leto. If it's just like you know, a shot from behind and they like blow his head off or something. Like, I I think they're gonna do something interesting with it because the fact that they mention a character in the trailer who was so reviled from yeah. the last film, and you know, there's been so much talk about. I like that they're kind of facing it head on like that, and I like that they're. It's almost meta the way they're making this like a breakup film. Um, I think they'll be really um, maybe cowardly isn't right the right word, but I, I don't think they'll kill him. But I think they'll they'll kind of it'll be that big uh, Acme explosion thing, right? Mm. Where the implication is that he could be dead, but mm. also no one would blink an eye if he comes back. Yeah, and he might be Joaquin Phoenix now. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> Ace Chemicals changed him again. Um, yeah, I I don't know. It does feel like the the black mask role in this film could very much have at some point been the Joker. Mm-hmm. You know, this guy trying to take possession of Harley Quinn. Um, yeah, I really hope this movie's good because for me personally, DC has been on an amazing run for the past year or so, um, and it's so happy to not have to be ashamed to be a DC fan right now. Yeah, and I would really like that to continue. So um, I hope this is really good, and it's coming out very soon. Yeah, it's not far off, is it? Feb 6. Yeah. Um, next, we have uh, a very interesting-looking um, show called Debs. Mm-hmm. So Alex Gar- Garland, director of Ex Machina and Annihilation, which one think... of the absolute goats of the director world, yeah, um, has come with an FX TV show. And, it, I mean, first off, the, the rank, it, this looks really good. Like, I mean, just visually, visually oh, gorgeous, looks yeah. really nice, which is, is something that um, always struck me about Annihilation, just not only in, in terms of how it actually looked, but also the design, mm. um, which I thought was really strong. And so I, he's obviously bringing a lot of that to this. Um, I think the, the eeriness that he brought to Annihilation as well mm-hmm. seems to have passed onto this project as well. Mm. Um, which those two things alone um, make me want to watch this. Yeah, and it's always great when they you take an actor who's not known for something more sci-fi or more cerebral or more. Are you re- referring to Nick Offerman? Nick Offerman yeah, yeah um, he looks creepy in this. Yeah, exactly. That can always be so effective, kind of subverting an, an actor's kind of persona. Mm. I I love Nick Offerman. I think he's just the weirdest, almost kind of enigma. Mm. Um, he's like this almost parody of traditional masculinity. Hmm. Um, and every time he like he talks, I just find myself listening because I find him so fascinating. Hmm. Um, and that's just like, that's just him as a person. Him as an actor, I think, is, is pretty good. Yeah. But just him as a person, like I'll, wa- I'll watch whatever he does simply hmm. because I find him as a person to be so interesting. Plus he really likes whiskey, so he's got me sold. Um, also the lead appears to be Sonoya... Mizuna, I think her name yep. is, from Ex Machina, and she was in, um, was it Maniac or no? It was oh, that, that one um, about the, the, the like you change bodies or something. I, I think I know what you're talking the about. The Netflix show, yeah. You, I, did, I didn't. Good I luck didn't getting me to remember a name. Altered or Carbon. Come on. Altered Carbon. There we go. I wasn't actually asking you. I was just talking. Yeah, so talking, and then it'll, <laughs> you'll, it'll eventually jog your own memory. I was like, oh come yeah. on, like like it's just. I'm not the guy to be talking to. Yeah, and I think she's really cool and interesting. So, yeah, I, I don't... I actually was, like, watching this trailer, I could have almost turned it off straight away because I just don't give a shit what it is because it's Alex Garland and I will be there and day Yeah, you will one. watch it, yeah. yeah. Um, I have no idea how to watch it in Australia. What does FX stream on? What's uh, FX? Oh, jeez, I don't know. I really hope it's not Foxtel. Yeah, it, well, it would be. It's a Fox... 
channel, yeah. Oh well. <laughs> One day. <laughs> so annoyed by that. Yeah. What do we got next? You're not worth $25 a month, Foxtel. <laughs> For fuck's sake. Sort your shit out. <sighs> Lock and Key, Lock and um, key. is a is Netflix it? film um, that is a kid's film? Series, I think it is. Is it a series? I thought it was a film. No, I believe it's a series, yeah. Um, Way off then. Now, Never. this is based off a, a comic book by Joe Hill, the son of Stephen King. Who is this? This is what I was trying to figure out while I was watching this. Who is this really aimed at? Like, what age group? Yeah, it looks um, very like it looks like something that younger. It's too old for anyone watch. like under, or it, it's too. It looks too scary for anyone under like twelve, ten. Mm. I don't know. I, I I can't really gauge that. But it also feels very kind of whimsical and yeah, you know, not as threatening as maybe yeah. hardline horror is. Yeah. Um, which is cool. We, there's not a lot of that going around anymore. We had scary stories to tell in the dark in 2019, which was seemed like a really cool return to that, yeah. you know, like 80s style of Goosebumps these movies are genuinely thing, yeah. scary, but um, anyone can watch them. Yeah. Um, I used to love that. I, I, I don't know of any um, shows that really kind of do that anymore, but there, there was a bunch of shows when I was growing up that were, I mean, they're not horror, mm. but they, they use a lot of horror elements. And maybe I'm just, you know, I'm not really up to date with the scene with, you know today's cartoons but mm. you know even things like courage the cowardly dog mm -hmm. was weird and kind of horror related um there was uh um tales from the crypt keeper i think it was called mm -hmm. they had goosebumps like mm. all these like horror tv shows yeah uh eerie in indiana was one i really really used to like just kind um, of like anthology series as well yeah. that would often end with like the main character like did you, did you have tales from the crypt keeper um no i i have I did watch a, a fair bit of it though. Okay. Uh, later on, on, on yeah. DVD. It's a okay. It's a little fantastic, like as you said, anthology type mm. thing. Um, so yeah, maybe like I mean, if anyone out there has kids or themselves watches, um, you know, more up to date uh, cartoons, let us know if there's any kind of modern equivalents of those kinds of shows. Because there was a, a very recent Netflix one a few months ago that I checked out a couple episodes of. I thought it was not very good, but um, I guess the ones we watch as kids probably weren't either. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so it's cool to see someone doing that. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah, let's move on. We've got uh, Fargo Season 4. Mm -hmm. um, I I have a massive omission in my um, watching history, I suppose you can call it. Mm -hmm. Never watched Fargo. Yeah. And I'm a huge Coen Brothers fan. You've seen the movie? No, no, like nothing. I haven't seen the movie or... I have never seen a seasons. Fargo film, TV series, and, and everyone that... that I talked to about it is like, oh, obviously you have to go check out the Fargo. Like it's, mm. if you like Coen brothers, then obviously. Yeah. It's I'm, just one of those things I've never gotten to. I'm not, I'm not, I'm too old for that. Oh, you, you have to see this thing. I can't believe you haven't seen this thing. Um, that's such an annoying personality. Trend, it also makes me want to see that thing less. Yeah. Cause course, I feel yeah. like I'm being forced. I'm like, yeah. I, I will watch what I want to watch. So I don't, I don't want to do that to you, but I think this, but also definitely watch this film. And also this this trailer, I think, has something that I could never offer you in terms of making you want to watch it, which is Timothy Oliphant's in it. I do like Timothy Oliphant. <laughs> which I think, and the good thing is you can totally just start from season four as well. Yeah. Because it's an anthology series, uh, disconnected tales, all in com very different time periods with just slight references to each other. Um, I have seen the first three seasons and, of course, the movie. Um I think Fargo season one is just one of the best seasons of television ever committed to screen um billy bob thornton and uh what's his name the hobbit give 
uh, Martin Freeman. Martin Freeman, yeah, give give two of the most the greatest characters kind of on TV. Um, and I think I might be in the minority. A lot of people seem to think season two is even better. Um, and I think they're all great, uh, seasons one to three. So this is another Alex Garland situation. Like, I don't, I don't care what this trailer is. Yeah, it's, it's we'll, Fargo we'll, season yeah, four yeah. is coming. <laughs> uh, bring it on. One of my absolute favorite shows. Awesome. I'm, I might even get up to date. You yeah. never know. Um, finally, we have Brahms, The Boy 2. Um, I, I never saw The Boy 1. I'm not sure if you did. So I haven't um, seen The Boy, um, but I did... I think when it came out, I was a little less um, less into like going to see scary movies by myself because um, I didn't realize that, oh, it's actually fine. You can just do that. Um, so I ended up, I think, reading the plot synopsis because it seemed like there was such a mystery to it. Or I think I heard about... Oh, the ending. Oh, okay. the ending. Um, so I, I, I do know what happens in the first one. I'm going to have to check it out now, though, because this movie seems to be severely retconning the situation of the first film. Now, I'm not going to spoil anything, but um, after what I've read about the first film, it seems like this is going in the, like, okay, this happened in the first film, but this is what's really happening. Um, um, okay. Um, I, I'll be honest. I have zero interest to see this film. Yeah, this trailer it's, was not strong. Like, a trailer generally tries to put forward some of the best stuff in a film, and this has two of the lamest jump scares I've ever seen in my life. One which is just Katie Holmes's son jumping at her, and the other is her screaming at a doll. But they have the most intense, like... <laughs> no, well, even the third one, which is when the doll does something, and you're like, mm. oh. But that one is at least something happening, yeah. and the other ones are so, like, spring-loaded cats. It's yeah. like, damn, is there nothing else in this movie you could have shown us? Also, it just seems so by the numbers when it comes to um haunted dolls mm. like it just doesn't like nothing about this like screams it's worth it's worth your time to watch me yeah certainly not at the cinema now um, the first one did have an interesting kind of premise so it'd be interesting to see what they're actually doing with this I, i'll admit i am curious because is it the it, same directors uh, I'm, I'm actually not sure but it it can't be as simple as what this trailer looks like because it doesn't look like there's much going on here and i am i am a sucker for a for a scary doll movie and as much as i love one of the annabelle films um the annabelle movies aren't really like scary doll movies they're just more conjuring movies that have a doll as kind of the the main iconography Mm. yeah that's fair so i don't know i will only give this a go if people say it's good because no interest really otherwise all right well that's i think that's it that's it um we don't actually have a question of the week do we you got anything you want to ask me um. Whenever I have a, any, whenever uh, I have to answer a question, or whenever <laughs> I have to ask a question, I immediately go to the posters for some reason, hmm. as, as if the posters are going to give me some inspiration, help. or uh, <laughs> you know they're going to help answer. Oh, I've got one slightly on topic. Okay. Um, do you have a favorite uh, Hans Zimmer score? Since I was talking about him earlier. Um, and I'll, 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 I'll jump in first, um, and this is one that I, I one of his more offbeat ones, I think, which is uh, Sherlock Holmes. Um, yeah, I think was so amazingly That's... strong and not immediately detectable as his work, which is really cool. The theme out of that is so spot on. Like mm. I can hardly go. Like I mean. Ooh, that is a good answer. And I think my other, the other contender for that would have been his Pirates of the Caribbean scores. If he had scored the first film, that was Klaus Bedelt, who's one of his like uh, protégés. Yeah. And uh, 
the kind of word is that he did do a lot of the work on that. But since he didn't technically come up with the themes, I'm going to go with Sherlock Holmes. But I love the Pirates ones as well. Oh, God, yeah. I I feel... I'd almost agree with you now that you mentioned because it wouldn't have come to me in- initially, but I think you're right. Mm. Um, if I had to decide on my own... Interstellar was his as well, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. I really liked Interstellar's soundtrack. I don't think I've listened to that since the film. Even if even if you don't like the movie, I I, I did enjoy the soundtrack. Mm. Um, I mean, his Inception is amazing as well. I was going to say, like, if I have to like go for something though, it, it's but probably it, going to be Inception. But it's such like the stereotypical. Like, yeah, but uh, it, it, it created that, or I mean, like, yeah. it really kind of pioneered that that stereotype yeah. that you know that that's kind of the basis on on which a lot of films and particularly uh, trailers mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um operate now so yeah inception although i really like um interstellar and but ultimately i think you're right with sherlock holmes that's such a good mm. damn yeah, if i could make a recommendation I love the use of violin in that as well like it's just yeah. so scratchy Beautiful. and ugh. um a recommendation for a track um would be moral insanity from a game of shadows um I think it's the track from when. Uh, no, it's just something to do with Moriarty, and it, it's just so when they in- when they're having their little mind battle. No, I think it's just him like planning his plan or something. But it's so. Uh, slow I'm gonna and go intense. check it out now. It's really actually. cool. Anyway, that's the show. How cool! All right, well, that's our show this week, everyone. Um, next week we will have George. Thank God. And in fact, I think next week, dare I lie? No, two weeks from now we will have our. Um, Best of the decade and our best of the uh, year, best and worst of the 2019. Mm-hmm. So it is a little bit a uh, little bit late, but this was the soonest we could do it with everyone um, here. Um, and we're going to be one of the few publications that actually waited for the whole year and whole decade to do it. <laughs> yes, sacrificing visibility for, <laughs> <laughs> and that's why we did it. Is because we integrity. We, God yeah. damn it! <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with that line. Yeah. Um, excellent. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, if you have any questions, um, for us, please send them through any of the channels that we have. We've got an Instagram, um, we have, a uh, an email, we have, uh, YouTube and we have, um, reviews on, on podcasts. Go hit us up on any of those platforms. We all, uh, we love hearing from everyone. Um, and we will talk to you or talk at you next week. Thank you everyone. Bye. Bye.